my soul and all that is within me. Can we bless his holy name all over this sanctuary? Can we put our sanctified hands together as we are glad to be in the Lord's house on the Lord's day? We are always delighted to come to the New Psalmist Baptist Church and share with the great people of New Psalmist. We are always delighted to be in the presence of your beloved pastor, my bishop, your fearless leader, Sister Patricia's husband, Joshua's father. Come on, the children's grandfather. Let's celebrate the right Reverend Bishop, Dr. Walter Scott Thomas Sr. And standing beside him, the leading lady Thomas, let's bless the Lord for her and certainly to the children and their grandchildren. To all of you, my brothers and sisters, to the officers of this great church, we greet you in Jesus' name. Amen. It's been wonderful spending time with you thus far. It's always good to be in church and hear men singing to the glory of God. Can we celebrate the male chorus? Amen. We thank God for them certainly for all preachers who are present today and certainly thank you Devrin for being uh, with me today and Odell and I want to give a shout out to all Eastern Shoremen. I know I have some Eastern Shore family here today. May God bless you is our prayer. You know, I don't have to tell you, New Psalmist, how blessed you are to have a leader as you have, you know, and I, I amen. You can clap. Amen. I don't have to tell you how blessed you are. I just sit in awe and amazement and watch him and just wonder how is he able to do it all. And unless God is with a man such as your pastor, he could not do what he does. And to see this facility and the cost of it and what it takes to operate it, and now you're embarking upon another building project, I'm telling you, it's just sort of phenomenal. You need to give yourselves a hand. And I don't say that lightly. Churches are foreclosed. They're having churches are being foreclosed on. And here you are still building and have barely been in this building that you're in. God is with this church. Amen. The favor of the Lord is with this house. Go to with me Judges chapter 7. Judges chapter 7. Judges chapter 7. Begin reading at verse 1. Then Jerubbabel, who is Gideon, and all the people that were with him rose up early and pitched beside the well of Harad, so that the host of the Midianites were on the north side of them by the hill of Marah in the valley. And the Lord said unto Gideon, The people that are with thee are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands, lest Israel vaunt themselves against me, saying, Mine own hand hath saved me. Now therefore go to proclaim in the ears of the people, saying, Whosoever is fearful and afraid, let him return and depart early from Mount Gilead. And there returned of the people twenty and two thousand, and there remained ten thousand. And the Lord said unto Gideon, The people are yet too many. Bring them down unto the water, and I will try them for thee there. And it shall be that of whom I say unto thee, This shall go with thee, the same shall go with thee. 
and of whomever I say unto thee, this shall not go with thee, the same shall not go. So he brought them down to people unto the water, and the Lord said unto Gideon, Everyone that lappeth of the water with his tongue as a dog lappeth, him shalt thou set by himself, like everyone that boweth down unto his knees to drink. And the number of them that lapped, putting their hand to their mouth, were three hundred men. But all the rest of them bowed down upon their knees to drink water. And the Lord said unto Gideon, By the three hundred men that lapped, I will save you and deliver the Midianites into thine hand and let all the other people go, every man unto his place. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to talk to you this morning uh, from the subject, A Strange Way to Victory. Amen. I want to talk about a strange way to victory. My new psalmist, throughout the community of faith, <clears throat> I noticed there seems to be a buzzword that uh, you hear repeatedly, irrespective of creed, culture, or church. Uh, you hear it all the time, and, and the word that we hear, uh, that we hear all the time, seems to circulate uh, in the secular community as well as the spiritual. Uh, the word that I refer to this morning is victory. Everybody seems to be talking about being victorious. I heard your pastor as he gave for me confirmation about this message, not having talked to him this morning about uh, victory uh, that the people of God have. Uh, when one speaks of victory, it signifies success or positive outcome by means of defeating your opponent in many cases because you have the majority of whatever fuels your plot, fuels your plot, plan, or program. It suggests this morning that you are a winner, a winner according to society's perspective because you have more for you than against you. While this may be true in some cases, it's not necessarily true in all. Uh, there are times when you can be victorious, uh, have victory moments, having less with you than the majority for you. You can, New Psalmist, achieve victory with that which seems to be working against you. It's not always in the numbers or the majority. Sometimes, may I tell you, your victory comes with less than and not more than. Uh, such is the case that we see in our text this morning wherein we see a man that won the victory not because of great numbers or because he had the majority on his side but because he trusted God who had an unusual strategy for his life. Uh, one in most cases that is not common to man. Uh, God had a plan to make him a winner with less, a plan to purge over and against giving him a surplus from the very outset. Uh, consider the text this morning as it begins with Gideon receiving, according to the text, a new name. A new name. His name is given, the Bible says, Jerubabel. Uh, that's Gideon's name. It starts like that because 
because at this juncture of uh, the text, Gideon is now, after having gone through previously what he had to deal with, is a new man. And oftentimes in biblical literature, when God gives a new name, it symbolizes a brand new future. Uh, you remember, don't you, in Hebrew culture, you just didn't have a name. Whatever name they gave you, you lived out that name. Uh, that's why I always say to First Baptist members, it's important that you be careful as to what you name your children uh, because your children will live out what that name means. Many times we see wherein God gave his chosen people a new name because they were about to embark on a new journey. Abraham's name before Abraham was Abram. Sarai's name before Sarah was Sarai. Jacob's name before he became Israel was Jacob, which meant supplanter or trickster. Uh, Simon's name before he became Peter, he was Simon. Saul of Tarsus' name was changed to Paul after he met Jesus on the Damascus Road. Uh, many names were changed when they were about to embark upon a new journey because whenever you encounter God, can I tell you, it's like getting a new start. It's not having a fresh start. It's like getting a new lease on life because God makes you a brand new person. And I'm sure this morning I have some witnesses in here uh, that can testify because you have met him, because you've had an experience, an encounter with him, you can testify that you are not the same, that you are a redeemed and new person in Christ Jesus. And this morning, Gideon is that new person with that fresh start. The text says that Gideon and his men got up early in the morning, and when they got up early in the morning, they were grateful for this opportunity. Uh, they were grateful for what God had done in their lives. They, they were grateful to the point that they got up early because now they're not afraid anymore and they have made up in their minds that despite what the enemy, the adversary had been doing to them in the past and how they had been running and hiding in caves, they're not going to do that anymore because God had given them new energy. He had, he had done something inside them. He has taken away the fear and now they're able to stand up in the face of their adversary. Uh, the text says they got up early and began to encamp beside the well of Harad so that the camp of the Midianites was on the north side of them by the hill of Marah in the valley. Uh, this, my brothers and sisters, positioned the Midianites and the Israelites to look across the valley so as to see one another because they were only separated by a short distance there in the valley. And there with Gideon were, according to the text, 32,000 soldiers ready to fight the enemy. When the Midianites saw the 32,000 with Gideon, I'm sure they laughed as they recalled the past years as to how they had been beating them repeatedly and they had become for Israel their worst nightmare. Uh, the Bible says when Israelites looked over and 
and saw the Midianites and their other adversaries, they looked like locusts in their eyes. They were as numerous as grasshoppers and their camels as numerous as the sand on the sea. At the bottom line, they were outnumbered and they were outnumbered four to one because the Midianites, according to the text, had 135,000 soldiers while Gideon only had 32,000. I don't know how Gideon, my brothers and sisters, must have felt, but I'm sure he had some concern looking at 135,000 over and against 32,000. And to add insult to injury was to hear God speak to him and say, Gideon, I know you look outnumbered, but trust me with this one. You, you, you really, you really look outnumbered, uh, but you need to understand that you really outnumber them because I am on your side. I don't know about you that ought to make somebody happy because you might be in a situation where you have less. It's meager for you. You don't have enough. But just to hear God say, say that you have more because he's on your side is something to celebrate about. In fact, the Bible says, Gideon, I know this sounds crazy. It's bizarre. It's strange. It's unusual. It's ludicrous. But you really, Gideon, have too many. You really have too much. You really have too many soldiers around you. Can you imagine how he must have felt when God spoke to him? What question came into his mind? Too many. How is it that I have too many when they are having 135,000? I only have 32,000. How is it that I have too many and I'm looking at them with more than I have? Can you imagine a look on his face and the terror in his heart when he could see he was already outnumbered and God still says to him while he's outnumbered you still have too many no what what kind of a madness is this what kind of strategy is this that tells you to reduce the number of your soldiers when you already outnumbered well as ludicrous as this may seem uh, new psalmist this text is tailored this morning to teach us of a particular technique that God will sometime employ in order to give his people a strange way to victory, a, a strange way to win. It, it is here in this text that we see God trying to teach both Gideon and Israel how to trust him and not numbers, how to trust him and not what you see, how to trust him and not what appears before your eyes, how to trust him and not what you see because in the economy of God what you see is not always the way it is yes that's that's what the prophet had to tell the young man who looked out the window and saw them surrounded with horses and chariots he had to remind him that there's more for us than there is against us and somebody this morning who came to new psalmist needs to understand no matter what you see outside the window you need to to understand this morning there's more for you than there is against you because if God be for you he's more than the whole world against you and I'd rather have God 
God for me and God alone than to have thousands who say they're with me and in their heart they're far from me but to know that God is on my side and while I don't have a man or a woman to stand with me is encouraging to me and lets me know that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Do I have any company in here who's ever had to depend on God because you have come to learn that God was all you had and you didn't have a friend, you didn't have a boo, you didn't have a significant other, you didn't have money. All you had was God and all you had to depend on was God and God showed you that I'm all you need. All you need to do is trust me even when you cannot trace me. All you got to do is believe in me and I'll make it work every time. As ludicrous as it may seem, he's telling to teach us that we are going to win. It's a strange way to victory. It's a strange way to win. Just because it appears to be more than what you can handle, it's not always the case. Because when you learn how to parallel God with anything that tries to intimidate you, God will always be bigger every time. Is there anybody who knows that when you put God up a against you. Whatever is trying to challenge you, you have come to learn that your God is bigger, that your God is stronger, that your God goes beyond your wildest dreams and there's nothing that your God cannot do because when you put God up against whatever you are dealing with, God always magnifies himself and whatever you're challenged with always becomes smaller. God wanted his confidence to be in him and his power and not the power of his troops. He's saying, trust me, Gideon. Don't trust the numbers, but trust in the Lord. Some trust in chariots and some trust in horses. But I hear the word of God when it says, I will trust in the name of the Lord. Yes, in order for him, them to win the battle this time, they had to put total dependence in God. That's a strange way to victory and a strange way to victory this morning new psalmist is when you understand that you can never be too small to be used by God somebody ought to clap on that I don't care who you are I don't care how you feel less than I don't care how small people may make you feel how little you may have you can never be too small to be used by God you can be too big but you can never be too small in fact verse 2 says that the Lord said to Gideon the people who are with you are too many for me to give to the Midianites into their hands lest Israel claim glory for herself and Israel will come up against me saying it was my own hand that saved me. Israel was small and, and still had to be reduced in order for God to get glory. I wonder is there anyone here today who ever felt too small, too weak, too inadequate, too insufficient and too out of place to do what you felt God has called you to do and you were challenged to face a situation that was much larger than you thought you could handle. It was bigger than 
you and what you thought you had to offer only to find out that's where God wanted you so he could show you when you put your trust in him he will make you a winner every time because it's not by power it's not by might but it's by my spirit saith the Lord you found out that you had limitations but God didn't have any limitations he can take what is meager to you and stretch it and multiply it he can expand it and make it work for your present context you can't have too little but you can have too much I know that's right because you Bible readers remember that little lad with two little fishes and five loaves of bread and when that they didn't have anything to offer it was him that had something that was small in comparison to his context there were over 5,000 men and women and children but this little boy took the small thing and took it and put it in the Lord's hands and the Lord blessed it and stretched it and fed everybody and had something left over I've come by to tell you however little you may have when you learn how to put it in the right hands when you learn how to place it in the Lord's hands how many of you know you have watched him stretch some stuff you have watched him expand some stuff you have watched him add on to some stuff you have watched him multiply some stuff you have been left as a single mom by yourself not knowing how you are going to pay the bill but you watch God take the little that you had and right today you can't explain it if you tried how in the world you paid every bill how you kept a roof over your head how you fed your children how you paid the car payment you can't explain it it doesn't add up but when you take the little that you have and place it in the Lord's hands how many of you know he can do exceedingly and abundantly and more than you could ever ask or think according to the power that's working tell somebody I feel something working in me come on tell them I feel something operating in me even right now I thought I couldn't I said I wouldn't they thought I wouldn't but look at me right now I'm a survivor I'm still standing I'm still alive I'm still here I took a licking but I kept on ticking and I worked with the little that I have because I put it in the Lord's hand Can I tell somebody, child of God, don't ever disqualify yourself by what you don't have. Give it to the Lord because little becomes much when you put it in his hand. Sometimes we can have too much and we think it's our own doing that gives us much success and prosperity. Sometimes you can have too much and think you're too grand. Come on, talk to me somebody. I'm going to be where you want me in about 10 more minutes. I say sometimes you can have too much and think you're too grand. And God, watch this, can fill someone who's already full of themselves and their own success. Yeah, hallelujah. Yeah, Kim, I once heard somebody say, it's all right to taste success. Just 
don't swallow it lest you become full of yourself. You'll, you'll catch that when you get home next week. Yeah, yeah. Some of our problem in our community and yes, even in the church, our brothers and sisters, and why we're so casual and cavalier uh, about our participation and attendance is that we become full of ourselves. We credit our success to us and we think it's because of us that we overcome and that we won victories and every now and again Bishop God has to reduce us to size and almost to nothing and have nothing for us to realize we need to put all our trust and dependence in him and I've come by to tell you especially in this economy that we're about to face and what's going on in the White House and around us we need to put all our trust in the Lord yeah every day you wake up you need to make sure you have a spiritual connection because you don't know what you're going to hear on CNN or MSNBC. You don't know what you're going to hear. Are y'all hearing me? You better learn how to walk with God. Yes, can I tell you this morning, God has a problem using people who are full of themselves, bragging on themselves, always congratulating themselves. The Bible says don't think more highly of yourself than you ought. In fact, you need to understand that all you are anyway, God made you. Everything you have, God gave it to you. Where you going, he will have to take you. Are y'all hearing me? Don't you walk around with your head stuck up in the air like a pompous, pious peacock as if you all that in a bag of chips. Your life can change at a split second. You need to understand clearly that all you are is because of God. God made a way. God opened the door. God put people in your life. God put you in the right place at the right time. You at the right spot. It ain't because of your knowledge. It's not because of what you think you know. It's because God was on your side. Slap fire with somebody and tell them I know that's right. I am where I am right now because God's been on my side. He walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me that I'm his own. May I remind you, brothers and sisters, that God detests the proud. In fact, he resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. I don't trust, I trust in God. As the songwriter says, wherever I may be, on a mountain peak, on a stormy sea, billows may roll, Jesus keeps my soul. My heavenly Father watches over me. If you want God to use you, learn how to lean on him because too much of you means too little of God. And I don't know about you, but I need all of God. Do I have any company in here? I, I need thee, oh, I need thee every day, every hour. I need all of God, and I can't afford to let anything get in the way of me fully trusting him. I can't let my money, my pedigree, I can't let my degree, my friend, I can't let anything get in my way. And sometimes we let too much stuff get between us and God. Our careers, our accomplishments, our achievements, our positions, and God has to reduce us to remind us while it's good to have and aspire all these things, you need him more. 
Yes, God said to Gideon, don't depend on them. Depend on me, Gideon. You have too many. I can't, I can't do what I really want to do and give you the victory when you are confined to numbers. Because God wants you to know he can do as much with a smaller number as he can with a greater number. Because with God, it's not about quantity, but it's about quality. Yeah, he's not impressed with the numbers of soldiers. He's not impressed with the numbers of members. He's not impressed with the numbers of ministry and auxiliaries while all this is good, but he is impressed with quality. He is impressed with what's in you, what's working in you, what, what commitment do you bring, or where is your allegiance, what are you made of, what are you working with? God was saying to Gideon, it's not the way it looks. You have got 32,000 men, but I want to show you what you're really working with. And sometimes what God will do, Bishop, is he'll start purging. He'll start downsizing. He'll start pulling apart and separating. Yes, even departing people to show you what you're working with. Because the truth of the matter is, some people who are with you are not really with you. Come on, talk to me somebody. Yeah, what I found out at First Baptist, they have been allowed but not assigned. Are y'all hearing me? And there's some people who are allowed, they hang out with you but they're not assigned because as soon as things get rough in your life, in their life, they soon dissipate. They were, they're, they're, they're not there to support, they're not there to give, they're there to receive, not to contribute. They were in it for themselves and not the kingdom. And so when you see people falling away, uh, you see people walking away and leaving you. It's not you. God is only showing you the real number. He, he's showing you what you're working with and how he can take the faithful and, and how he can take the quality and still get the job done. Uh, can I tell somebody, yes, brothers and sisters, some people need to leave so that you can achieve. Yeah, you need to tweet that to somebody. Yeah, some people need to go so that you can grow some people need to depart out of your life. They've been holding you back. Are y'all hearing me? Because you've been putting your trust in them and you thought you couldn't make it without them. And sometimes God got to pull some stuff away so that you can look to the hills from whence cometh your help. Yes, and when they leave, can I tell you, you're going to get stronger. You're going to get better, brothers and sisters, because there are people whom you think you need when you they do leave you're going to be better off. You're going to be stronger and God is going to show you just what he can do without some people in your life. It's a strange way to victory but Gideon, you have too many. It's not the number that matters but it's the character. Well, how was it done? How, how is it that you can win the victory? God had Gideon to put the troops to the test. How many know that tests are important in your life? They, they are important because they have a way of revealing who you really are. Tests will show what a person is really made of. Tests will squeeze you because whatever's in you will come out of you. If you're strong, it will reveal your strength. If you're wise, it will reveal your wisdom. 
one. If you have character, it will reveal your integrity. If you're evil, it's going to reveal how mean you are. It's going to reveal how obstinate you are. If you're a busybody, it's going to reveal it. If you're a gossiper, it's going to reveal it. If it's a cheat, it's going to reveal it. And the Bible says that God said to Gideon, Gideon, I want you to put them to the task. Here Gideon puts them through the test. He separates the fighters from those people who want to be seen. He did it as God instructed him and God told him. He says, listen, when you tell them what I say, he said, whoever is fearful and afraid, whoever is uncommitted, whoever is weary, whoever is tired, tell them to go home. Tell them to go home now because this journey is going to be too much for them. And the Bible says, Bishop, that 22,000 went home and left Gideon with 10,000. I imagine Gideon was even more concerned that this number had been reduced because he told Gideon, you still got too many. He told him to take them down by the water brook and I will thin them out for you. Whosoever I shall go with you, say go, that's who will go. And whoever I tell you shall not go, shall not go. And the Bible said Gideon took the men to the water brook and the Lord took them and separated them by saying, Gideon, the ones who kneel down on their knees, you put them to one side. But those who bow down and lap water like a dog and drink from that lap water like a dog, put them to the other side. And the Bible says that 300 men lap water like a dog. Lord have mercy. They lap water like a dog. And God said, that's who you need right there. That the other 97 700, go home. I want the 300 that lap water like a dog. Because when a dog lacks water, when a dog is lapping, he never takes his eyes off his opponent. He's always aware of his surroundings. He's always alert. And you, when you're in a battle, you can't be lose your caution. You can't take your eyes off your enemy. You might be still working, but you still got to be watching. Do I have a witness in here? And so the Lord said, Gideon, uh, with 300, I'm going to save you, and I'm going to give the Midianites into your hands uh, because what God is looking for is commitment. Uh, what God is looking for is hard, ha uh, wholehearted saints. Uh, what God is looking for are people who want to sow into the kingdom. Uh, and God said, with the 300, I'm going to save you. And sometimes uh, you have to separate yourself. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, that I might got a little bit, uh, but God told me to separate myself. Yes, some people got to go. Some things got to go. Sometimes that means you have to diminish. That means sometimes you got to discredit. That means sometimes you got to disconnect. Sometimes you got to discount. Sometimes you got to denounce. Sometimes you got to detach. Sometimes you got to delete. Sometimes you got to dismiss. Sometimes you got to discard. Sometimes you got to dissolve. Sometimes you got to dilute. Sometimes you got to deviate. Sometimes you got to detour. Sometimes you got to discharge. Sometimes you got to depart. Sometimes you got to depreciate. Sometimes you got to deforce. But you got to get rid of them. In fact, help me preach as I come to my close and grab 
grab your neighbor by the hand and say, neighbor, it's time to let some things go because I got a feeling that God wants you to be a winner. Come on, look at somebody and say, I got a feeling that God wants you to be a winner. You think you can't make it. You think you can't go forward. You think you can't survive because you got a little on your side. But can I tell you, you need to look around. You need to be like David. I will look to the hills from which coming my help. My help. Somebody ought to say my help comes from the Lord. He's the maker of heaven and earth. He will not suffer my foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber, nor shall he sleep. The Lord is my keeper. The Lord is my shade upon my right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve me in all that I shall do. Can I get a witness? I say, can I get a witness? Grab your neighbor one more time and say, neighbor, you gotta let it go. Don't worry about who's with you as long as God is on your side. He shall fight your battles. He will open up the door. He will make up the difference where there be two or three touching and agreeing in my name. He says, I'll be in the midst. Somebody say yes. Somebody say yes. Who in here can wave at me and say, Pastor, I got the victory. I got the victory. I got the victory. I thought I was down, but he was only bringing me up. I thought I was out, but he was bringing me in. I thought I was alone, but I had Jesus. He walks with me. He talks with me. I got Jesus. He gives me the victory because one Friday night, they hung him high and they stretched him wide and they killed your Lord and they murdered my Savior. But I'm so glad. I said, I'm so glad that ain't the end of the story. But he got up with all power in his hands and because he got victory can i tell you you got victory grab your neighbor and rock him and shake him and shake him and rock him and rock him and shake him and tell him you got victory tell him you got victory victory over your sickness victory over disease victory over pain victory over your calamity victory over depression Victory over oppression. Victory over sorrow. Tell them I got victory. And because I got victory, this too shall pass. Because I got victory, trouble don't last always. Because I got victory, I'm coming out. Grab your neighbor for the last time and tell him, come on out. We got the victory. Victory in Jesus my savior forever he bought me he sought me with his redeeming blood i got victory victory in jesus victory is mine victory is mine i told satan get thee behind is there anybody here that's walking in victory i'm shouting in victory i'm 
praising God in victory. I'm worshiping in victory. I'm celebrating in victory. Say yeah. Say yeah. Say yeah. Ain't he all right? Ain't he all right? Won't he take care of you? Good morning. Won't he see you through it? Say yeah. Say yeah. Yeah. You're gonna shake it off and say, I got the victory. The devil should have killed me when he had me, but he made a mistake. And I got to church early this morning to hear the preacher tell me that I can make it. I tell you, grab somebody and tell them I can make it. I'ma make it on the little that I have. I'ma make it with Negroes walking out. I'ma make it, don't have a job. I'ma make it, got bills to pay. I'ma make it, got a mortgage due. I'm gonna make it, my children gone crazy. I'm gonna make it, cause I got the victory. I got the V-I-C-T-O-R-Y. I got it, I got it. Say yeah, say yeah, yeah.